Hey everybody, it's Pastor Mike, and I want to say thank you for joining us today at LifePoint Church. We believe Sundays are an opportunity for you to know God. We also believe small groups, the best thing we do, are your opportunity to find freedom. For more information, including locations, service times, which small groups to participate in, please visit our website at lifepointchurch.tv. My prayer for you as you listen to our message today is to encourage you and to help you take your next step to be a fully devoted follower of Jesus. Let's jump right into the message. Hey, we are continuing in our Summer at Life Point series. We've been on a journey for the last couple of weeks of what we call here at Life Point our core values. Core values uh, simply drive behaviors and actions. And I just wanna encourage you um, as a family, as a couple, as a single person, to just have some core values in your life that you choose to live by. Core values, again, they just determine the way that we live our lives. We filter decisions that we make through core values. We filter how we treat people, how we live as followers of Jesus. Core values will help you navigate uh, in a crazy, chaotic world, how you're gonna raise your kids, how you're gonna live as a family, how you're gonna journey with your spouse through marriage, how you as a single person are gonna choose to honor the Lord and live for him in the season of life that you're in. Um, I would just encourage you over the summer as we're talking about road trips and a lot of people are traveling and you're spending a lot of time in in cars, maybe with with your kiddos. um, Take time to sit down as a family and just talk about some things that you value, that you prioritize as a family. I would encourage you to structure those things around the word of God um, and let those core values be based in faith. But what what an awesome opportunity and a cool Uh, just time for you to sit down with your family and talk through some of those core values. So far, uh, we've covered uh, a a couple of our core values. Um, We're on the third one today, but we've covered love God and love people with Pastor Bo. Last week, Pastor Elmer did an amazing job walking us through what it looks like to pursue excellence in every area of our lives and give God our best. Today, we're gonna be taking a stop on our road trip journey to talk about the core value of choosing joy. Come on, y'all. Smile at me and say, choose joy. Choose joy. Some of y'all might need a little bit more coffee this morning to say, choose joy. That's all right. Hey, I'm not going to stay here really long, so I don't want to, I know this is going to start maybe a little bit heavier, but I promise it's going to get better. We just, we just got to start here. But the last few years, um, if, if, if uh, you've obviously been alive for any amount of time, you've realized that the last few years have been challenging to say the very least, uh, for our, uh, in our nation, in our world, and uh, things don't seem to be getting any better. I know a lot of us are tired of talking about this and hearing about this and just maybe want to move forward, but we have endured a lot of pain as a nation and in our world that's caused uh, a lot of hurt and pain. We've got War is still continuing around the world. It seems like every time you turn around or turn on the news, there's another tragedy that's taking place. The economy is up, down, and all over the place. Cost of living's through the roof. But I just feel like over the last couple of years, um, a lot of the pain in our life, a lot of the pain in our world and the challenges that we've been facing have, have caused a lot of things. There's been a lot of things that it's, that it's done. But I feel like um, one of the major things that has happened is it's caused a lot of people to lose their joy, to lose their joy. I feel like someone has taken a giant vacuum cleaner in a lot of ways and just sucked the joy out of our world. Has anybody else noticed this lately? Has anybody else noticed that people seem to be a little bit more um, angered lately? Anybody noticed that? Anybody realize that people seem to be just a little bit more on edge just a little bit less, less happy. Um, I read an article uh, recently 
um, about a poll that was taken in April of this year by the Wall Street Journal that actually recorded the smallest number of people saying they were very happy since 1972. This, this particular poll only recorded 12% of Americans actually described themselves as very happy compared to about 30% just a few years ago. Based on their data from this poll, the number of unhappy people has risen significantly in the last few years. I feel like you have to fight for joy in our world today. Anybody else feel that way? There are so many things, man, that are constantly trying to steal our joy. It seems like everywhere you turn, there's bad news just waiting to deplete your joy. I turned on the news the other day, and, um, which was a mistake. And um, I, I really ever watch the news. I try to, I, you know, I'm not, I don't try and stick my head in the sand, but I just try and be careful of what I'm tuning into. And so, um, but I decided to sit down when I turn on the news. And you know, when they start the news, it's like headline after headline after headline. And it's generally not good stuff. It's like, it's like always bad stuff. So it was like bad after bad after bad. And I felt my joy go from like really, really good to like super depressed in like 3.5 seconds, okay? We live in a world today where fear is on the rise, anxiety is on the rise, depression is on the rise. I read a stat recently saying that the use of antidepressants have increased by nearly 65% in the last 15 years. Now, I believe in medicine and there are people that absolutely need to be on medication. So I'm, I'm by no means saying that medication is a bad thing for people that need it. But studies are actually showing that an increased uh, amount of people are on these medications and need medication just to simply help them cope with the stress and the pressures of life. Now, I'm by no means saying that the answer to all of this is that we just should slap a smile on our faces and act all happy clappy in the midst of all the pain in this life. But here's what I am saying, and here's what I wanna propose to us today. Here's what I am saying. I would like to present to you today that a world, that in a world full of chaos and hardships and pain, it is crucial it is crucial, it is so important for us as followers of Jesus to understand the transformative power of joy and not just the transformative power of joy, but the significance of choosing joy in our own lives. I'm not sure if you know this or not, but God wants you to live a joy-filled life. Anybody thankful for that today? God wants you to live a joy-filled life. Listen, God created us to experience a life of joy. Romans 14, 17 says, for the kingdom of God is not a matter of what we eat or drink, but of living a life of goodness and peace and what? Joy in the Holy Spirit. I find it really interesting that one of the fruits that the Holy Spirit actually produces in our lives, according to Galatians chapter five, is joy. So if you belong to Jesus, how many people belong to Jesus? Come on now. And the Holy Spirit lives in you. You can't belong to Jesus without the Holy Spirit in you. Guess what should be produced in your life? Joy. You can't say, well, I'm just not a joyful, but I'm just not, it's not my disposition, it's not my personality. I'm just not a joyful person. I'm just more of kind of a, a downer and, a, and all that stuff. No, no, no. Like I get God made us with personalities and all that stuff. But if you, have the, if you have the person of the Holy Spirit living on the inside of you, joy should come out of you. Joy should be evident in your life. John 10, 10, one of my favorite verses in scripture, it says this, Jesus says the thief's purpose is to steal, kill, and destroy. How many people know the enemy is having a heyday? Stealing, killing, and destroying. But Jesus said, 
My purpose is to give them a rich and satisfying life. Or another translation actually says that they may have life and life to the fullest. Man, I'm thankful today that we can live a life to the full. God is not the joy police. He's not here today to rain on your parade. God is not against joy. God himself is joyful. Since we are made in his image and we experience joy, how much more joy does our God in heaven have? Man, I just think heaven's gonna be a big party. Heaven's gonna be a lot of fun. Heaven's gonna be a lot of celebrating. Heaven's gonna be full of a lot of joy. There are around 430 verses in the Bible that actually specifically talk about joy. And I just think that when something is emphasized over and over again in scripture, I think it's something that we should lean into and pay attention to. So before we go any further, I wanna just help us define just a couple different kinds of joy because there, there are a couple different kinds of joy that we can talk about here. Um, joy, joy is a hard thing sometimes to put a definition on, okay? So when you just think of joy, it's just, it's sometimes it's hard to, to how, do you, how do you define what joy is? Um, but, but we all know what it feels like to have joy. But know what it feels like to have joy. Praise the Lord. You, you remember the joy of when your kids were born. For those of you who had kids, where are the parents at in the house? Come on. You remember the joy that you had when your kids were born, the day you got married to your spouse. Come on, look at your spouse and smile. Man, it brought you a lot of joy. You had joy when you graduated from, from school. Some of you, you know, we've had graduations happy. You had joy when you graduated from school. You have joy when you go to your favorite place to vacation. Come on, everybody's got their favorite place that just brings you that joy that you know. If you're anything like me, man, I know that what joy brings me is just having ice cream. Praise the Lord. I'm just telling you right now. It's, man, anytime I go to Golly G's here in Clarksville, I'm telling you, you can't be mad. You can't be mad. You, you can't be mad and eat ice cream. I'm just going to tell you that right now. You can't have a frown on your face. You eat some ice cream. Or the joy of, of stepping into air conditioning when it's 450 degrees outside here in Clarksville. Man, I just wonder what it would have been like back in the days when we didn't, and they didn't have AC. Praise the Lord. Oh my gosh. We also know what it feels like when we don't have joy. I don't have to list off those things, but you know what it feels like to, when, when you're not experiencing joy. So we know there are things in life that bring us joy. We know there are things in life that don't bring us joy. We are currently taking a break from our Philippians series, but if you remember, the theme of Philippians is joy. And Pastor Mike uh, covered this a few weeks ago in our Philippians series, but um, if you were to go to Google and just type in joy or the definition of joy, you might get something like this. Joy is the feeling or pleasure or elation or happiness based on some sort of accomplishment or success or good fortune externally. So there's joy based on external circumstances, which let me just say this on the front end. Um, that type of joy isn't bad. Like again, God created you and I to experience that kind of joy when good things are happening in our lives. That's actually where we get the word happiness from. When good things are happening, we feel what? We feel happy. The downside to that kind of joy is that it depends on a feeling that only comes from an accomplishment or success of something good. It's an emotional feeling that's based on circumstances and good outcomes. But how many people know life, 
Life ain't always gonna turn out, come on the way that you want it to. So here's the deal. If our joy is dependent on things going our way, then our joy turns into a roller coaster of emotion all the time. When, when, when the money's good, I'm good. Money's not good, I'm not good. When job's good, I'm good. When job isn't good, I'm not good. But what if I propose to you today that you could have joy when life is not good? What if, I, what if I told you today that you could have joy even when life isn't going the way you planned? What if I told you today that you could have joy when our world is dark? What if I told you today that you could experience joy when life doesn't seem to be joyful? What if I told you today that you didn't have to have all your ducks in a row to experience joy? Because the other type of joy that I wanna talk to us about today, and this is the type of joy that I really want to focus on today. The other type of joy is a joy that isn't dependent on a feeling. It's a type of joy that actually supersedes circumstances and outcomes. The type of joy I want to talk to us about today is a joy based in faith that has more to do with an inner conviction and a settled confidence that God is good when life is not. Joy is defined for the Christian as a, it's a calm assurance that God is in control when life feels out of control. I want to talk just for the next few minutes of our time together. I want to talk about four particular things when it comes to joy. Four things when it comes to joy. So if you brought some to take notes with, I want to encourage you to write these things down. If you have your phone, you can take them on there too. But I just believe that people that take notes during messages just get more jewels in their crown in heaven. I'm just saying, I'm just saying, you don't have to take them. It's just, it's up to you. But um, I'm playing, I'm kidding. But four things, four things when it comes to joy that I just want to unpack with us for the rest of our time. The first one is this, true and lasting joy can only be found in Jesus. True and lasting joy. I know for some of you today, that might sound simple. That might sound maybe a little bit more elementary to you. Some of you might, might not know that today. But, I, but here's the deal. I would be doing a message on joy, a disservice, if we did not start right here. True and lasting joy can only be found in Jesus. I know this is a text that we normally talk about around Easter, but in Luke chapter 24, some women who followed Jesus while he was alive showed up to the tomb where he was laid in after he was crucified and they were looking for his body. And an angel appears to them in Luke 24 verse five and says this statement that really just got me thinking when it comes to this idea of joy. When the women showed up to the tomb to look for Jesus, many of you probably know the story. If you've, if you've been in an Easter service before, you've probably heard this. But in Luke chapter 24, verse five, it says that the angel, after the women showed up looking for Jesus, the angel makes this statement to them. He says, why do you look for the living among the dead? And many of us know how that verse continues. It says, he's not here. He is risen just like he, he told you that he would. So the question the angel asked really just stuck out to me because they were looking for life in a dead place. They were looking for life in a place that wasn't intended to hold 
life. In other words, the angel was saying, hey, if you're looking for Jesus, don't look here because you won't find him here. You'll only find dead things here. And I thought to myself this, I asked myself this question. I just, I ask myself a lot of questions when I, when I read scripture. I thought, myself, I thought to myself this question. How often in life do we look for life in dead places? And I felt the Holy Spirit say this to me as it pertains to true and lasting joy when I read this text. And I thought, I wanted to give it to us on our first, on this first point is this, where you look for true and lasting joy will determine whether you find true and lasting joy. So here's what I mean by that. Some of us lack true and lasting joy in our lives today because we're looking for it in a place that was never intended to give it to us. We keep looking to the same places for joy that, that we think will last and remain, but we're looking for it in places that were never designed to give it to us. Talking about true and lasting joy. So our world's approach to joy approaches joy with, with the mindset that I like to call the win-then mindset. We, we approach true and lasting joy in our lives and, and we say, when I land the job that pays enough, then I'll find the joy that I've always been looking for. When I get enough money in my bank account, then I'll find the joy that I'm missing. When I find the spouse, then I'll find true joy. When I reach this point of success in my career, then surely I'll find the joy that I've been missing. When I get to a particular season in my life where I've climbed the ladder high enough, then I'll find joy that I've always been longing for. I remember uh, this was years ago, but I'll never forget when I first gave my life to Jesus. Before I gave my life to Jesus, I was looking for lasting joy in the next party, in the next drink, in the next relationship. And after every time, it just left me more sad and more depressed. And y'all, it wasn't until I met Jesus and surrendered my life to him that my life was filled with the abundant joy and satisfaction that I had always been looking for. Listen, more money was never intended to bring you lasting joy. That's why studies actually show that the people that have the most stuff and the most money are oftentimes the most unhappy. A new relationship won't give you lasting joy. A new house won't bring you lasting joy. A new job won't bring you lasting joy. Another drink from that bottle or from that addiction that you keep running to will not bring the lasting joy that you've been looking for. True and lasting joy won't come from anything this world has to offer us. Listen, that's why our world is so broken and so hurting because we just keep going from one thing to the next. Try this, do this, experiment, live your best life, do this, do that. But our world keeps ending up more and more broken. The only true and lasting joy that will never deplete, will never fade or run out is the joy that is found in relationship. Come on, somebody, with Jesus Christ. And look, I'm not just talking about good church attendance. I'm not talking about a bio on Instagram that says I love God. I'm talking about a committed, submitted, all-in, close, intimate, surrendered life to Jesus that will fill you with joy that will never fade. Come on, church. He is the well that doesn't run dry. 
You might have seen this video um, on, on Facebook or maybe floating around, but this is just such a really powerful video. This is the Oklahoma uh, women's softball team after they won the, the College World Series. This is a powerful video. Check this out. Alex Garber with ESPN. For, for the players, I know you talked about keeping the joy of the game, but I'm curious. It's a long season, right? And you guys have had the target on your back the entire time, the win streak being number one. How do you handle the unique pressure that comes with that? How do you keep the joy for so long when anxiety seems like a thing that could very easily set in? The only way that you can have a joy that doesn't fade away is from the Lord. And any other type of joy is actually happiness that comes from circumstances. Joy from the Lord is really the only thing that can keep you motivated. Uh, joy from the Lord is the only thing that can keep you embracing those memories, moments, friendships. I was so happy to win the college. I've talked about this before, but I was just so happy that we won the College World Series, but I didn't feel joy. I didn't have, I didn't know what to do the next day. I didn't know what to do for that following week. I didn't feel filled and I had to find Christ in that. And we're not afraid to lose because if it's not the end of the world, if we do lose, yes, obviously we want to win, but it's not the end of the world because our life is in Christ and that's all that matters. I think a huge thing that we've really just latched onto is eyes up and you guys see us doing this and pointing up, but we're really like fixing our eyes on Christ. And that's something where, like they were saying, you can't find a fulfillment in an outcome, whether it's good or bad. And um, I think that's why we're so steady in what we do and, and our love for each other and our love for the game, because we know this game is giving us the opportunity to glorify God. And I'm sure everyone's story is similar, but we all have those great testimonies that have really like shown how awesome it is to play for something bigger. Um, and I think that's just what brings me so much joy. And no matter the outcome, whether we get a trophy in the end or not, we're, this isn't our home. We have an eternity of joy with our Father, and I'm so excited about that. And yes, I live in the moment, but I know this isn't my home, and um, no matter what, my sisters in Christ will be there with me in the end um, when we're with our, our King. So good, man. Now that was on national television. That is incredible. True and lasting joy can only be found in Jesus. The second thing I wanna to talk to us about today as it pertains to joy is this. So first thing is, is true and lasting joy can only come from Jesus. Second thing is this, we can choose to walk in joy. We can choose to walk in joy. There's a reason why we call this core value choosing joy and not just be joyful. Because a lot of times in life, when life hits, you have to make a conscious decision to choose joy. And I just wanna say this on the, on the front end of, of this point, choosing joy can be hard and extremely challenging at times, but it is absolutely a choice that we can make. James chapter one, uh, this is a tough verse to, to, to talk about, when, especially when you're facing troubles, but James says this, he says, dear brothers and sisters, when troubles of any kind come your way, not if, he says, when troubles of any kind come your way, he says this, consider, somebody say consider, consider it an opportunity for great joy. So James encourages us that when we face trials to stop and consider, in other words, he's saying, take a moment, take a breath and consider or choose how you are going to respond 
to what you're facing. Because here's what I've realized to be true in life. I'm sure you figured this out as well. But when you're going through something difficult or you're facing a challenging situation, your feelings and your emotions tend to get high and you aren't thinking clearly. Just, just when some, next time somebody cuts you off in traffic, praise the Lord. Come on, that's when your, your feelings are running high, emotions are high, you're not thinking clear. And your emotions tend to take over. So here's what James is telling us, just to, just to make it super practical here. James is telling us to stop and think first. Before you make a decision, before you react to what you're currently facing, take a moment and consider how you are going to respond to this. The word consider actually in this text means to lead, to rule, to take authority over, means to decide, means to govern, or to become the chief spokesman. Man, this is good. So James is saying when you're dealing with things that are out of your control, when you're dealing with frustrations and sometimes the unexpected challenges that life are gonna, life's gonna throw your way, you get to consider how you're going to respond to those things. You don't, you get to decide how you're going to respond. You get to take authority over your emotions. You get to lead, come on somebody, your attitude. You get to govern over and watch what gets into your heart. You, that word consider means you get to be the chief spokesman over the situation that you're facing. I like to think of it this way. We can't always control what happens to us externally, but we can choose our response internally. I've heard it said before that it's not water around a boat that sinks a boat. It's the water that gets in your boat. Come on, somebody that sinks your boat. And I just felt to tell this to somebody today, you don't have to allow what's happening around you to get in you and sink your joy. Some of us, my goodness, some of us just wake up in the morning. We just allow everything that's going on around us to dictate our attitude and our joy. Man, we allow the news and what somebody said to us and what somebody said about us and what all this, we allow everything that's around us to choose our joy. And listen, we don't have to let the world dictate our joy. You don't have to allow your boss at work, come on somebody, it drives you crazy all the time, determine your level of joy. You don't have to allow that challenge that showed up unexpectedly to rob you of your joy. You don't have to allow traffic on Wilma Rudolph on a Saturday to determine your joy. You don't have to allow who's in the White House. Come on now to determine your level of joy. You don't have to allow what's going on in the news to mess with your joy. You can choose joy no matter what. And listen to me, choosing joy isn't just a blissful statement. It's not just about putting a smile on your face and just laughing it off and just choose, just choose joy. No, choosing joy is actually an attitude of strength. It's a choice that we can make that's not based on our circumstances. Viktor Frankl, you may have heard this story before, but he was a Nazi camp survivor who uh, became a famous neurologist, psychiatrist, philosopher, and author. And he spent three years in a German concentration camp where many people lost their lives, including his wife and children. And he had everything taken away from him, yet he was famously quoted in his book, Man's Search for Ultimate Meeting, by saying this, everything can be taken from a man but one thing the last of human freedoms to choose one's attitude in any given set of circumstances. Man, that's good. Another author I read says choosing joy is it's a nonetheless attitude. Choosing joy says in spite of my current challenges and circumstances, I'm gonna choose joy. 
In spite of the area that doesn't seem to be getting better, I'm gonna choose joy. In spite of my current family circumstances, I'm choosing joy. In spite of the news that I just got today, I'm gonna choose joy because here's, here's the power of living with a choose joy attitude. I'm not talking about just living with good vibes or just living with you know, just, the, just this feeling of choosing joy. The power of living with a choose joy attitude, you are choosing to live by what you know and not by what you see. So listen, I can be filled with joy in the midst of our chaotic world that I see because I know that greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. Come on, I can be filled with joy when I see painful circumstances around me because I know he promises to never leave me nor forsake me. I can have joy when I face a mountain in life because I know he's a mountain mover. And I know scripture says that I am more than a conqueror in Christ Jesus. I might not see my help right here. Come on church, but I know where my help comes from. Choosing joy isn't just choosing to be happy about your circumstance. It's choosing to know and believe that in spite of my circumstances, I'm choosing to believe that God is good and he's with me and he's for me and he won't abandon me because I know that I am a child of God. Come on, that's what it looks like to choose joy. Listen, let me be clear. Choosing joy isn't just ignoring what's happening and acting like everything is fine. Choosing joy says, I'm choosing another perspective. I'm choosing a different perspective. I'm choosing to lean into another narrative. I'm choosing to see beyond the here and now. You wanna know who chose joy? Jesus. Jesus chose joy. In Hebrews chapter 12 too, it says, because of the joy awaiting him, he endured the cross. Jesus wasn't joyful about the pain of the cross that he was about to have to endure. Jesus chose joy because of what was beyond the cross. The joy awaiting him was to be seated at the right hand of the Father and to redeem and pay for once and for all the sins of humanity. He saw hope on the other side of the cross. And listen, I know there's some people here today and it feels like you're walking through hell. And it feels like the challenges you're facing are overwhelming. But listen to me, you might not be able to choose your circumstance, but you can choose your perspective. You might not have chosen your circumstance, but you can choose your perspective. And I just came to encourage someone today and just give somebody a different perspective today and let you know that you can have joy in the midst of what you're facing because this isn't the end of your story. There's hope on the other side of what you're facing. Psalm 30 verse five says, weeping may last through the night. Come on, but joy is coming in the morning. And I just believe that for somebody today that a new day is coming for you. A new season is coming for you. A new beginning is coming for you. God is not finished with your story. So you can have joy knowing that I don't have to put a period where God's putting a comma. God's not finished with what he's doing yet. God's not finished. You can find joy in the fact that, man, if it's not good, then God's not done. You can find joy in the midst of knowing that God is working no matter what you're facing. The third thing is this when it comes to joy. I want to get super practical here for our last few minutes that we have together. 
Just re- I'm gonna, we're gonna get really practical. I wanna give you some stuff just to take, just that you can grab a hold of and, and walk out of here with. But the third thing is this when it comes to joy is we can cultivate a life of joy. So, so joy is true and lasting joy can only be found in Jesus. We can choose to walk in joy. And I believe that we can cultivate a life of joy. God, I believe, gave us a blueprint for joy. This, is, this isn't, again, this isn't like a, an exhaustive list when it comes to joy. But I just wanna give you some things practically that you can maybe just take home and, and, and start to implement some of these habits into your life. How many people know that sometimes you're not gonna wake, you're just not gonna wake up in the morning, joy's gonna fall into your lap. You know what I'm saying? Sometimes you gotta have some habits in place that, that fill you with joy. Because maybe you're here today and your joy meter is, is depleted. Maybe like gas, maybe like gas tank on a car. Maybe, maybe you're, you have a light on right now that's indicating you're low on joy. And, and, and there's two types of people when the gas light comes on. Either you just, you say, I'm going for it. And we keep going and we just pray for the Lord to do a miracle and fill the tank. Or there's people that pull off and get gas. I just think maybe some of you today, you need, you need to pull off. We need to, we need to put some habits into our lives that can, that can fill us with joy. Maybe, maybe recently you've had people saying, Hey, you're really difficult to be around. Hey, you, oof, you're hard to be around. You're short with people a lot. You're, you're difficult to, to be. Maybe, maybe you're here today and your life has felt void of joy. Maybe your marriage has just felt void of, maybe your home has just been, man, it's been hard and, and tough and it's just been felt like, man, there's, there's no joy in our home. I wanna give you just some habits of a joyful person. That sound good? Just some, praise the Lord, habits of a joyful person. First one is this. This is habit number one of a joyful person. Spending regular time alone in God's presence. Spending regular time alone. Look at, look at this in Psalm chapter 16, verse 11. It says this, you make known to me the path of life. Listen to this, in your presence, there is what? Fullness of joy. In God's presence, there is at your right hand are pleasures forevermore. Listen, there's just something that happens in us when we get alone with God. There's just something about spending time in God's presence, spending time in his word, talking to him through prayer. Some of us are just carrying heavy burdens and our joy is depleted because we're trying to carry the weight of the world on our shoulders that we were never meant to carry. And some of us just need to get in God's presence and just cast our cares upon him. Some of us think, man, I need a vacation. I need to get away. I need to, I need to go do this. And that may be true. And I'm all for vacations and getting away. But some of us just need to create time to spend alone with God. There are so many things that are constantly trying to rob our attention. We live in the most distracted generation. Come on, y'all, of all time. It is absolutely outrageous. The average adult I read spends about three hours and 15 minutes a day on their phone. Listen to this. The average teenager spends about seven hours and 22 minutes a day on their phone. So I would just say this to you. I would just propose this thought to you. If you are a believer and a follower of Jesus, here's what I would propose to you. If your time with Jesus is low, your joy is probably running low. Can I just encourage you today to not allow Sundays to be the only time that you worship God and spend intentional time with him? Can I encourage us today to stop ingesting so much of the news and start ingesting more of God's word? Can I encourage us to get our face out of Facebook? Get our face in his book. Come on now. Can I encourage you? It's a bad Christian joke. My bad. Can I, can I encourage you to put down your phone and pick up your prayer life, y'all? 
Schedule time with God like you're scheduling an appointment with the most important person in your life. We can't just, you can't just come on Sunday mornings and expect, man, this is gonna be my time that's gonna get me through the rest of the week. No, because you're gonna walk out those doors and life's gonna hit quick. And you gotta spend time in God's presence. Allow him to fill you. Nehemiah 8.10, one of my favorite verses on the topic of joy says this, the joy, this is the good news translation, this is the joy that the Lord gives you makes you strong. Listen, when I, when I have the joy of the Lord as my strength, I can, I can face challenges in life better. When, the, when, when I have the joy of the Lord in my marriage, I can, I can face challenges in my, mar- in my married life better. When, when the joy of the Lord is my strength, I can face challenges in single life better because the joy that comes from the Lord gives me strength. Next thing is this. Second habit is this. Yeah, try and move kind of quick through these, but the second, second habit is this, complain less. I didn't hear anybody say amen. <laughs> There's more to that. <laughs> complain less and rejoice more. My goodness, there are no lack of things in this world to complain about. Have you ever been around somebody before that just complains? My goodness, everything's wrong. Complain, 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 complain. The Bible says in Psalm 118, 24, this is the day that the Lord has made. It doesn't say we might rejoice and be glad. It doesn't say we'll think about it. It doesn't say if the, if the day is right, we'll rejoice and be glad. No, it says we will rejoice and be glad in it. This might not be what I asked for, but I will choose to rejoice and be glad. And listen, rejoicing is a verb, y'all. It's an action. Rejoicing isn't just thinking about it. It's saying it. Hey, I'm going to be all right. It's going to be okay. God, hey, God's still on his throne. He's in control of all. We're going to make it. We're going to get through this. God's got us. Sometimes, listen, the level of joy will eventually kept, catch up to the words coming out of your mouth. I believe that. Jo- studies actually show that the feeling of joy is directly connected to what's coming out of your mouth. A neuroscience experiment was actually conducted that discovered that negative words, listen to this, negative words actually release stress and anxiety-inducing hormones in your body. If you find yourself lacking joy today, you know what I would tell you? You need to pay attention to the words that are coming out of your mouth. So we need to rejoice more and complain less. Third thing is this, have an attitude of gratitude. Come on, have an attitude of gratitude. Your level of gratitude is always tied or your level of joy is always tied to your level of your gratitude. You wanna be more joyful? Be more thankful. Come on now. Pastor Willie said this this week to me and I thought it was really good. He said, show me a thankful person and I'll show you a joyful person. First Thessalonians 5.18 says, be thankful in what? In all in all circumstances, well, when things are really good, I'll be thankful. When things turn around, I'll be thankful. When things, when my, things are going my way, I'll be thankful. No, it says, when, be thankful in all circumstances. Listen, for this is God's will for you. How many people you want to do, live in God's will? You want to do God's will for your life? Come on. Well, guess what his will is? That you be thankful. There's always something to be thankful about. Man, if you're here today and you're like, I don't got nothing to be thankful about, just praise God that you, you got breath in your lungs and life in your body. Come on, somebody, just praise God that we live here in this, in, in this great nation. We can come and gather together like this and praise the Lord. Come on, there's always something to be thankful for. Man, sometimes we just gotta be intentional about seeing it. Next thing is this, focus on the future. Some of you are walking through things right now and now is really, really hard. Now is really frustrating. You're not seeing any good around you, but Proverbs 10, 28 says the hope of the righteous brings joy. 
Hope for the Christian is the anticipation that God is going to do something good. God's been good to us. He'll continue to be good to us. Two more things. Last two are this, serve others. Serve others. Some of us lack joy because we're so self-focused. I'm telling you, when you get your eyes off yourself and onto others, man, you will experience a joy like you may have never felt before. And I'm telling you, if you want some more joy in your life, download the Serve app and sign up to serve others at Serve Day on July 15th. Come on, somebody. John Wooden, one of a famous basketball coach, said the most joyful people, he said this, your greatest joy definitely comes from doing something for another, especially when it was done with no thought of something in return. Man, that's so good. You want, you want joy in your life? Serve others. Get, join a dream team. Get, get on a dream team and serve. If you're here today and you're like, man, I'm really, I'm depleted in joy, just get outside of yourself. Get beyond yourself. Look outside of yourself. Serve somebody else and watch God fill your life with joy. Last thing is this, be in community with other believers. Man, hashtag small groups, man. I'm just telling you if, you, if you're constantly spending time around people that drain you and pull the life out of you, your joy is probably low. If you're living in isolation, your joy is probably low. We were hardwired to do life in community with other people. You need to get yourself around other people that can pray for you and encourage you and speak life into you. Come on, somebody. We, we, we thrive in healthy community. So I just want you to kind of evaluate some of those areas and just go, hey, how, how am I doing in some of those areas? And, and again, that's not an exhaustive list, but those are some things that you can just take, some habits you can put in your life to help fill your life with joy. Hey, we're gonna close with this. I, I wanna close here. I was thinking about how to close a message on joy. And the fourth point here as we come to a close is, is this. God can restore your joy. God can restore your joy. I believe that the same God that created joy, gives us joy, can restore joy. Restore means to bring back or to return to. And as I was just preparing this message and I realized this is kind of a countercultural, you know, message in the world that we're currently in because it's hard to, man, you, again, you got to fight to have joy and I just wonder today, maybe if your life has been vacant of joy, maybe your marriage has been vacant of joy, maybe your home has been vacant of joy, maybe you're facing something right now that's just, that's just robbing every ounce of your joy. I believe that God can restore that joy to you today. David, King David in Psalm 51 verse 12, on the back end of a really horrible failure in his life, he says this to God. He says, restore to me the joy of your salvation. I always read that. I always thought this verse said, restore to me the joy of my salvation. But he doesn't say restore to me the joy of my salvation. He says, restore to me the joy of, of your salvation. In other words, what he's saying is he's saying, God, take me back to the place where it was all about you. And anybody remember when you first gave your life to Jesus? Anybody wave, wave at me if you remember that day? You remember the feeling you felt? Remember the joy you felt? Remember the peace that came into your life when you knew that you were God's and he was yours? But what I've realized in my own life is over time, life happens and things take place and they begin to pull us away from closeness with God and this that reminder that 
that he is our joy, that I can find joy in his salvation. And I just wonder today if maybe you're lacking joy because you've maybe drifted. Maybe, maybe today you're going, man, I used to have the joy, that joy of the Lord on the inside of me, but life's gotten the best of me, circumstance issues, stuff's gotten the best of me. And maybe you need that joy restored to you today. And I believe that the presence of the living God is in this place today to restore some joy back into people's lives. Hey, if you would just be super honest right now, I'm, a, I'm raising my hand myself. If you're here today and you would just say, hey, I, I need God to restore to me some joy today. If that's you, would you raise, that, raise, raise your hand at me? Come on, all over, all over the room at Austin P. Come on, we're gonna pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray for each and every person right now, God, that has a hand raised. God, I thank you that you are the God that created joy. And so Lord, I pray that you are the joy giver. And so Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray that you would supernaturally bring joy in a way into circumstances, into situations, into homes, into marriages, into families. God, like only you can. I come against the lies and the attacks of the enemy right now that try and rob our joy, steal our joy. And Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray for joy to fill and flood every home, every life, every person seated here today, joining us online, watching at Austin P. Lord, I pray that you would move in a mighty and a powerful way. God, would you restore joy in a way that only you can? Maybe you're here today and you've never maybe made Jesus your Lord and Savior. Maybe, maybe that's why you're not experiencing the joy maybe that you're missing is because you've been doing life your own way. Or maybe you're here today and you once followed the Lord, but you've since turned and, and today you're saying, hey, I need, to, I need to get things back. I need to rededicate. I need to recommit my life to following Jesus, to following the joy giver. And we're all gonna pray this together. This is a declaration, a bold declaration. So come on, church, can we all say this together? God, I believe in Jesus. Come on, let's say it better than that. God, I believe in Jesus. I thank you that he died for me. Thank you that he rose again. God, I surrender my life to you. All of who I am is yours. Lord, I repent of my sins and I turn to you. Thank you for forgiving me. Thank you for redeeming me. Thank you for filling me with the Holy Spirit. My life is all yours. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Thank you so much for tuning in and listening to our message. My prayer for you is that you've been inspired and challenged by the message and also moved in your devotion to Jesus. If you'd like to grow in your walk with Jesus Christ, stay connected or even partner with us through generosity, please be sure to visit our website at lifepointchurch.tv. We hope you have a blessed week and we will see you next Sunday.